There are a lot of things we do as a sales promotion team, and you know those things are always evolving. Uh, one part of it is running events that are the cornerstone of our culture. Another part is studying our results so that we can spread positive trends in our business. But we're also constantly on the lookout for who can become our next wave of leaders, and we're helping to uplift everyone in the business. To sum it all up, we strive to make Vector the place to be by curating unique experiences and rewards that make our people feel truly recognized and appreciated. And, you know, I love that we'll always be the place where people feel welcomed, loved, appreciated, taken care of, and that they are more important than just their sales results. The voice you just heard is Gilbert Gonzalez, sales promotion manager for the Western region of the Cutco Vector Marketing Sales Organization. SPMs in the company have a truly special role in which they get to recognize the past, shape culture in the present, and help people see a bright future with the company. Gilbert's range of experiences and skills make him ideal for this role, and he truly does great work. I know you'll enjoy this look into the unique and valuable position of sales promotion manager with Gilbert Gonzalez. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I am really, really excited about today because uh, I have a man who I've worked super closely with over the last few years and have had an awesome experience getting to know and working with. Mr. Gilbert Gonzalez is our guest for the podcast today. Gilbert is the sales promotion manager for the Western region. He's been in the business since 2004. Uh, He started with Ryan Casey down in Southern California. Gilbert branched twice during college. He ultimately became a district manager in 2008. It's the same district manager class that in the Western region included greats like Evan Keller and Jameson Jones. So amazing group that Gilbert started with. He was a top performer as a district manager for about three and a half years before the then region manager, PJ Potter, tapped him to become the sales promotion manager. And you're going to learn a lot today about what an SPM does in Vector. I'll just say that Gilbert has elevated the role of sales promotion manager to truly become very much like an assistant region manager. And in many ways, Gilbert helps 
to lead and drive and inspire and recognize the entire Western region. Gilbert, I'm fired up to have you as a guest on the podcast, man. Dude, uh, Dan, very obviously honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to contribute to the podcast today for sure. Excellent. This will be fun. Take us back to 2004. Tell us how you got started with Cutco. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, like a lot of us, I wasn't uh, necessarily looking for the knife job. I was honestly, honestly playing college baseball and uh, that I'd been playing baseball my entire life. And I thought that's all, but that was all I was ever going to do. And I just I had run into a string of injuries. And to tell you the truth, I was kind of questioning whether or not that was something I still had a lot of passion for. And in the interim of the season starting, and I just wasn't sure what my next move was, whether I wanted to continue. And I had probably, I'd probably gotten, uh, I don't know, 400 flyers at school. I felt like every single day, probably three times a day. And uh, I just, you know, I never really thought much of them. And one day in this, you know, in this time of my life, uh, I was looking for something else. And uh, for some reason, my girlfriend was picking me up from school that day. I think my car was in the shop or something. And she had been telling me to get a job that I should just get a job. And uh, I had the flyer in my binder and I sat down in her car and she saw it and she's like, Hey, what's that? I'm like, I don't know. Something about some job or something. She's like, a job. So you should call it. <laughs> I said, uh, yeah, I said, yeah, I'll do that. And she said, call it now. And I was like, nah, I'll do it later. She's like, give me the thing. <laughs> so she took it. She actually called and set up for me. Shout out Joanne Iliopoulos, the Iliopoulos sister. She's the one that took the call, set up my interview. And next thing I know, I'm barreling home to try to get professionally dressed. And I didn't even know what that meant. And, and I was on my way to my interview. And uh, I went into an interview that day in the Fullerton office in uh, the Southland Division. And I got to meet uh, somebody who was going to be a very special, I didn't know at the time, but a very special person in my life. And uh, I met my district manager, Ryan Casey. I interviewed that day and I got recruited for the position and I was excited. That's an understatement. I remember being really fired up and I went home. My parents were didn't know what the hell I was talking about, but uh, they knew I was excited. My dad definitely wasn't positive. My mom said, ah, well, what's you got no harm in trying. And so I was in training, uh, you know, went through training. I learned a ton. I went out and started what we call our fast start, had some early success. And I just remember feeling like, man, this is a, this is a lot of the things that I loved in baseball, but it was a chance to use a whole new skill set to accomplish them. And so it was just really fun. I was hooked from the very beginning and I was off to the races. So it was really cool. Mm, I love the parallel you drew between baseball and starting out here with Cutco as well. There are, there are certainly a lot of parallel skills that it takes to succeed in terms of the competitive nature and the drive and the uh, determination to succeed, the teamwork, and a lot of other things that, uh, that come along with it as well. And you know, Southland has this lineage of being great recruiters. So it's no surprise that you uh, got the flyer a lot of times down there. So it's uh, those guys were always inspirational with their efforts to to drive recruiting and uh, always inspired me and many others as well. So sure. it's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Tell us about uh, some of the early experiences and lessons that stand out for you. Yeah. You know, it was very apparent right away that what I was doing, it was just different. You know, I could just feel it was different. I, I heard a lot of people talking about it was important to learn how to set goals and sales skills were important. Having people skills were important. I heard a lot of that uh, before Vector, but it was just really empowering to actually put that stuff to work, to go out and say at the beginning of a week, I'm going to sell X amount of dollars in knives and be able to break that down into orders, to break it down into appointments, to break it all the way down to customer contacts and really just learn what it meant to take something like a goal, break it down to work 
and then commit to the work. That was just so powerful. And it was, uh, that was altering in many ways for me. And it, it really impacted me, not only selling Cutco, but that, that just translated into so many other areas of my life. And that was huge, you know? And then there's a lot of the obvious things I'll just touch on briefly, but you know, there was the time management skills, the obvious sales skills, getting the chance to really elevate my people skills. I'm sorry, but it was pretty cool being able to go into somebody's home who you had never met other than on a referral and have them tell you on the phone that they're not going to buy anything. And then you walk out of there with an order, at, you know, as a 19 year old, again, just a lot of, you know, it really inspired a lot of confidence. You know, it was, it was great. And so a lot of those soft skills really were, were very paramount in the very beginning and very valuable. You know? Yeah. I love that, you know, our people in Vector get a chance to connect with so many others, whether it's through demos or through events with the team any type of setting where we're connecting with others and practicing those skills on a regular basis. I think that's, that's been so valuable for so many people. And it's, it really builds confidence in people and having a product like Cutco to sell, which is so useful for people and readily apparent how interested customers are when they first start seeing it. And that we can have that situation where somebody said, I'm not going to buy anything. And then all of a sudden they, they do. There's just such great confidence building that happens in, in young people. And I enjoy that you talked about goals at the outset. You know, there's that Jim Rohnism that we always say, which is you can either make a living or design a life. And that designing a life starts with setting and achieving small goals. And in Vector, people have a chance to do that over and over and over again, whether it's sales goals or setting appointments goals or whatever other objectives they have here. They have a chance to practice that all the time. And it just sets that stage for us to design the kind of lives that we want to live that I think are so valuable. So valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. Any other experiences or lessons that, uh, that come to mind? And like I said, it was just, it was really cool to see so many of these things transfer to so many other areas of my life. It was just the, my, my attitude is what shifted. I it was just, uh, I just developed a, a figure it out attitude in pretty much all areas of my life, you know? And, and like I said, it transitioned everywhere. I was playing college sports and I wasn't anymore. And I always had this desire to play college golf and, uh, with through some of the inspiration of my manager and things like that, I was able to take the same type of goal setting off formula transition over to that and do something I never thought I was going to be able to do. And so and eventually playing having a college golf career was, was something else that I credit to vector and and the way that they, uh, you know, obviously shaped my thinking and helped me out with that type of thing. And so it was just a lot of the attitude and just the, the ability to get things done and the belief. Yeah. Awesome. So you sold Cutco, you played golf, you helped out with the office, you had, you balanced a lot of things in those uh, first couple of years. And then I know that you branched twice, right? Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. Tell us about those summers. Yeah, sure. It, you know, that was really cool. After, after being with the company for, I guess it was a year, one of the, the hallmarks of all our best leaders is they always check in with their top people. My manager was no different. They, we always had weekly meetings, one-on-ones. And, you know, I remember one of the pivotal ones that we had uh, was when we were going over, I just had a great week and we were going over the different things that, that were, I had just constantly been adding to my resume. And he, I remember him saying, he's like, now imagine what your resume would look like if you're able to like say that you taught these things to people, mm. <laughs> you know, and I remember that being like a pivotal moment for me and, he's like, and I'm like, and that's, was my intro to management. And we, uh, we talked about that and what that meant. And that's when my management training happened. And eventually it led to me running two offices and running a branch office. I listened for all, all of our people considering it. That was always, that was the defining moment that took me from being in one place to 
you know, some uh, a different trajectory in our business. What's cool about it, though, is that you're in business for yourself, but as we like to say, but not by yourself. And so I got to go out and negotiate my own lease, find my own little space of business. I started recruiting my own employees in terms of like my receptionist team and eventually started recruiting my own sales reps. And before you know it, we had this little thriving sales team in Mission Viejo, California, where there was no team before. And we went out and we produced uh, you know, about $150,000 in business. And, and uh, we had this little thriving organization. I just remember feeling so empowered, like all the work I had put in. I actually had a chance to prove to myself that you know, I was able to do it on my own. And, and that was great. But at the same time, you know, as you like to say, and I, and one thing I coin from take from you all the time, it's at the same time though, I still didn't know what I didn't know in, ter- in terms of a lot of things. And so at the end of that first summer, my manager was like, you know, well, what do you think? And I was like, you kidding me? I'm ready to go again. Let's go right now. You know? And so I went out and ran a second branch summer. I was in Santa Monica, California. That was amazing. We recruited a 200, some like 200 people did a little over 200 grand. And I believe we were the number five office in the entire company. And that was, you know, I was hooked at that point. I just remember thinking like, this is, this is something I want to do. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool stories that came out of that. I think it's really cool that one of my top sales reps eventually ended up being on the podcast there and just a lot of great relationships. And so it was a great experience that I'll never, ever forget and very thankful for. Yeah. And you were very successful both summers as a branch manager. Number five, as you referenced the second time in Santa Monica, number 13, I believe as the first time in Mission Viejo. And yeah, you uh, you trained Avery Rosen, who turned out to be a podcast guest as one of yeah. our more successful alumni. It's pretty cool, uh, pretty cool story there as well. During this time, I know you were highly influenced by Ryan Casey as your your key mentor. Tell us about uh, the impact of Ryan on you as a young leader. Yeah, I mean, I can never say enough about Ryan. If I had to, so the life lessons are endless when it comes to when I think about him. But one of the greatest things that I was fortunate enough to witness was just the way that he lived, you know, the way he worked. And I learned a lot about what it means to have to lead with integrity and what a person's, the value a person's word holds. I just remember making the schedule. And as an AM, there's a lot of times where you start way before the sun comes up and you're done way after the sun goes down. And I remember thinking sometimes I wake up in the morning at six, gosh, I just hope I get that text that maybe we're not going to be able to go to campus today. And uh, yeah, let me just say it never came. Okay. And uh, (laughs) it was a great example of what it means to lead with integrity and be there every day for your people. And, you know, the skills he taught me are endless, but more than anything, it was just to see somebody embody that on a daily basis. Uh, It was truly my first interaction with what it, what it means to really see true leadership. And so shout out to Ryan, man, you know, obviously, you know, I love you. And, uh, that's somebody that I'll, you know, I'll always consider, you know, the one of the most pivotal people in my young life for sure. Yeah. Outstanding. I think if everybody who's listening were to think about who have been the three to five most influential people that you've ever had in your life, I think that virtually everybody is going to have their original Cutco manager on there. Maybe in some cases it might be the manager that inherited you right after or something. Like I started in a branch and I within a few weeks was in the DVM office and I would put my DVM, Filippo Mancini, on that list. And uh it's powerful to think about the impact that a district manager can have on so many other young people in their life. And if you would credit your DM as being one of the most influential people in your life, it's great to turn that question around and think, well, how many people would have you on their list? 
That's one of my favorite things to tell new DMs and newer district managers. I, I want I always let them know you don't know what you're doing right now, and you won't know until 10 years go by and you get that phone call. Like I've gotten in the bot, you know, since then. And people tell, you know, tell me what they're doing in life and the way they're beating the world down. And they say, blah, blah, by the way, it all started with that time in that little Cutco office. And uh, that to me is, you know, arguably some of the best memories and just create some of the greatest feelings of accomplishment for me, other than any trophy or anything like that. That, you know, that's to me has always been pretty awesome. Yeah. Very, very powerful. What was it that first made you want to be a district manager after those branch experiences? Well, listen, creating some good success for myself and I, I could see the lifestyle I would be able to create. The income was awesome. Not to mention we get to go on all these cool trips. And I listen, I had never traveled anywhere before Cutco other than Omaha, Nebraska for a baseball trip. Okay. And when I got to go to Buenos Aires, Argentina and uh, Ireland and Costa Rica, I had a passport now. I'm sorry. But that was pretty cool. You know? And so, uh, you know, definitely that was awesome. But there was a couple of interactions for sure. I remember my mom after I got done my second branch saying, why are you going to close? <laughs> this is the type of career people strive for. You're doing it. Why are you going to close? You know? And I remember feeling like, you know what, well, you're right. And in fact, that led me to the other interaction. I immediately called my region manager, PJ, and I told him exact, that exact same thing. I'm like, I'm not closing. I'm going to stay open in typical PJ fashion. And he's like, relax, kid, relax. Uh, we want you to be a DM, but we're going to do it. We're going to slow play it. We're going to do it right. And uh, you're going to close down, right? You're going to close down. We can talk about your future later. But what, what he said next was, but by the way, we need to get some more time together. And I said, okay, what do you mean? And for those who don't know, me and PJ are some of the craziest golf nuts there are on the face of the planet. And he's like, we haven't played golf together. Why not? And I figured he'd say we were going to play some other time. And he's like, oh, I'm getting my schedule out. <laughs> so you got to schedule out. And uh, he's like, all right, we're playing. We're playing golf. It's like, do you want me to come down to San Diego? And he says, no, I want you to meet me at Trump National. Trump National is just one of the baddest golf courses in, in Southern California. And I had never played there because there was no way I could budget. But, you know, I didn't have that budget to, to do something like that. And sure enough, we met. We had an incredible day. And I just remember feeling like feeling like I mattered, you know, like I was something bigger than just my sales. And I got home that day and I still live with my parents. And I remember my dad saying, oh, you played golf because I had my clubs and I pulled them out. And he's like, oh, where'd you play? And he named a couple of the crappy munis that are around the house I played at. and uh i'm like no no i, I played it uh you know, i told him where i played he's like what that's like you know he told me you know he knew exactly how much it cost to play there and i was like whoa relax like, you know, i didn't pay for it <laughs> like, i was like my my region manager needed to have a meeting with me and so and we just had a little day together he was like oh well, that's pretty cool <laughs> you know and uh, i just remember feeling like i i mattered and then you know that that really cemented that this is a place i wanted to be and i was ready to take that next step for sure that's sweet. Tell us about those three plus years that you had as a district manager. Again, you know, great time in life. And I was a, I was the district manager of Santa Monica, California. I was living what you know at that time was a dream for me, living in living in LA and being an entrepreneur and living on my own terms and you know hearing hearing all my friends that were the same age in high school talking about how they hated their their jobs and you know they didn't like the people they worked for and. They, you know, they couldn't go play golf on a third on a whatever day because they, you know, they had to work and they couldn't schedule that. And I just remember thinking, I don't feel any of that. <laughs> you know, I don't feel any of that. We had the, we always had these cool trips to look forward to. I was building this awesome organization. There were other people that were excited about doing Cutco long term in my organization, and it was like, I just remember feeling so in control and so uh, so empowered. 
and that that sky was the limit. And, you know, we, we ran a great organization every year. We were nationally competitive in our category every single year. I believe our number, our best finish was, I think, number four in the company. And it was great. I was just living a great life. And I, I loved everything about being a DM, you know, so. Yeah. And as you said, a lot of great success. Your, your team was top 20 in your respective category uh, every year that you were uh, in that role. And there was a lot of great people that came out of that organization over those years. And you really set yourself apart in a way that had PJ have his eye on you for this opportunity to become sales promotion manager when that role opened up. So you clearly did a lot to distinguish yourself as somebody who would be a, a key piece of the Western region for many years to come. Tell us about the transition into being the SPM. How did, how did that come about? Sure. I mean, I always say that, you know, this role, because you know, I get asked that all the time, you know, and I always say this isn't a role you apply for. You know, I had no intention of doing anything else but being a district manager. In fact, I got a call from PJ one day and it was, or we, we had scheduled a call and I was just on my way to campus to do my normal job like I always did. And I was, that I was fired up doing. And he's like, I, yeah, man, I want to talk to you about something. I'm like, all right, I'm all yours. And he said, well, you know, for those of you who know, PJ is straight into the point. He's like, I want you to work for me. And I'm like, yeah, no, I love working for you. <laughs> you know? And he's, he's some to the effect of, no, dummy, uh, that's not what I mean. I got something else for you. And he explained how he had this vision of transforming the sales promotion manager role into something that was more of equivalent to what we used to have as like a regional sales director role. And he needed the right person though. He needed somebody who, as he said, it had some game for the business, you know, who had some, some passion for the business some success in the business. And he explained it all out and all, you know, what the, what the responsibilities were, were be rather. And uh, he asked me, what, you know, what, what do you think? And, you know, I thought two things, number one, well, I've trusted you since I was a kid. And you've never led me wrong. So, uh, you know, naturally I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interested. And, and then I also thought I listened to all the things he talked about me doing. And I'm like, wait, you, you mean I get to do all the stuff that I love doing as a district manager, except I get to do it on a region level and I have even more resources to be able to do it. It was kind of a no brainer. I mean, I, I, I was sold pretty quick and I was excited to see if it was something that was going to, you know, come to fruition for me. And that's kind of the way it happened there. Yeah. So this is late 2011, right? Toward the end of 2011. Yep. And uh, and so you had the chance to head down to San Diego at the time, which is where the region office was located, and became a part of the region office team yep. down there, uh, working directly with PJ on a regular basis and helping to grow uh, the Western region. Tell us about the roles of the sales promotion manager. Sure. Yeah. And, and that was an awesome transition. I had always wanted to live in San Diego and I was fortunate to come into a region staff who was very, who was veteran. And there was a lot of great people that really made my transition smooth. And uh, I always got, I'll never forget those people for sure. Shout out Tom, Mandy. It was awesome. And, and so I quickly learned that there's a lot of things that we do as a sales promotion team. And those things always evolve and they continue to grow, but it always kind of comes down to, it really comes down to four main things and then there's a lot under each one of those hats. You know, the main thing, one of the, oh, excuse me, they're all, they all, they'll come out in whatever order. They're all equally as important. But one of them, one of the main things is events. The Cutco business is, for anybody who's listened to the podcast, if you're not a Cutco person, there's a human aspect to our business that you just don't get in a lot of organizations. 
And, you know, one of the quotes that Bruce, our you know, CEO, has always said, that I remember hearing from just being a baby in the business always, is that uh, culture eats strategy for lunch. And these events are a cornerstone of the culture that we're able to bring to our business. And we run events that are small scale division events, even now in the virtual world, virtual phone jams where we get people together all the way up to, as we just finished a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas, those are, you know, some key events, like our, what's called our conference of champions. And they just bring a, uh, a people aspect to our business. That's very hard to find. And I'll, I, you know, I know that because as a new rep, as a new manager, one of the things that always got me through any tough times was, was the culture. And a lot of that was the interactions and the relationships that I was able to build through these amazing events that our region staff would always put on. And so that's a big thing would be our, would be the events that we run. That'd be one. Yeah. And your role at events is it's almost impossible to even describe to people what it's like to be the sales promotion manager when you're running an event. First of all, you're on the stage a lot of the time doing some forms of recognition for people which you prepare and think through how you're going to execute it, you know, how you're going to say different things, who you're going to spotlight, how you're going to spotlight them. You're always thinking about how to make those parts of the event uh, engaging and really powerful for the people who are recognized. And then even when you're not on stage, you're constantly thinking about who do I need to impact? What conversations can I have? Who can I meet? Who can I talk to? Right? There's a, a ton of responsibility from before the event starts to well after it's over where you're interacting with people. So events, certainly a, a big part of the role, as you said, one of those four areas that you mentioned. Yeah, I, I can tell you, I, I sleep well after events for sure. And, uh, you know, at the same time, though, it's one of my, it, it is that those, those interactions are probably the most fulfilling and one of the funnest parts of my job, though. It's, you know, cause I, you know, I, I, I remember being on the re- receiving end of a lot of those conversations and how powerful and, and, and important they were for my development in the business. So I take that stuff very seriously for sure. And uh, yeah. I'm honored to do it, you know, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you said there's four things. That was one of them. Let's yeah, keep going on that. So yeah. So uh, along with events, you touched on one thing I guess I'll go to, but there's also studying trends and reports. Another thing that we instill in all of our managers and even our sales reps is that selling Cutco, it's, it's an emotional business. It's an emotional business, but it's one that's run by the numbers. And so uh, in my role, you know, I study a lot of the key result areas, the trends, the, the way the stats are going. And, uh, you know, we use our resources to then influence those trends to keep them ticking the way that we, the way that in the direction that we'd like. And so that's fun too, to be able to work on a macro scale of the region and, and really apply our, our resources to impact the key areas uh, to hit our overall sales goals as a region. So that's another big area of the sales promotion team in my role in general. Yeah. I mean, you think about the name sales promotion manager, right? Your job in one huge piece of it is promoting what creates results, right? Right. Promoting what creates sales. And of course, in our business, that also means promoting what creates recruits because recruits is what creates sales. And so you're always looking into and digging into what's working, who's the hot hand, right? What can you shine a light on that both recognizes and spotlights that person, but also illuminates for everybody else, what are they doing in order to succeed so that others 
can emulate those same habits and actions. Exactly. And that's a big part of the, the role on a truly on a weekly basis that happens regularly. Right. That's a lot of the day-to-day work right there. Exactly. That's a lot of what the day-to-day work is outside of when people's, what people see at events and things like that, keeping the most important thing ticking in the right direction through our influence will, will always be, you know, one of the cornerstones of the role for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then uh, in addition to that, again, you touched on something earlier that I believe is one of the core functions of a sales promotion manager. And that's, and that's identifying candidates identifying candidates and our blue chip recruits. There's a lot of people that have a ton of potential in our business and they just don't quite know where they fit in yet. And as leaders, and especially in this role, it's one of the funnest things is to build relationships with up and coming people. I mean, the way PJ, you know, taking me to go play golf and doing that thing, that wasn't about the golf. That was about the relationship. I think about times like one of our top managers right now, Carson Painter, He's somebody who's uh, one of our top managers, a guy that has a a bright future with us. And I remember him when he was a brand new rep, when he didn't know where he was going to fit in. And he got his entire sample kit stolen uh, right before SC2. And I found out about this. And I just remember pulling him aside and, you know, dishing him a bunch of free Cutco. And he was blown away. And I'm like, it was just important for him to know that he mattered more than what he was going through at that time, you know, and letting him know that his future here was bigger than just his everyday sales or what he was dealing with. And bringing people along it will always be a big part of the role. Again, that's something that, you know, that I truly love because somebody did it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're always looking at who are the next wave of leaders that are coming up in the organization. You're helping me and our division managers to identify those people, to spend time with those people, to promote with those people, what's possible, get them interested in taking the next steps, make them feel like they matter, just like people have made you feel like you matter, right? Right. That you've said, and help take those people from where they are now to where we all think they could be. Exactly. You know, I, I love being able to help the DVM, their division manager team with that as much as possible. It's one of my favorite conversations to have with them. Who's coming up next? Who are your next up and coming, you know, future leaders? And those people are the ones that I really like to, you know, spend a lot of time with right there. They're huge. And it's honestly as authentic as it gets because any of our up and coming candidates or managers who I have a great relationship, if you were to talk to them, you would find that most of our conversations start with, why are you here? And that's one of my favorite things that I get to do is find out what, what makes people tick, why they're here and how Cutco and, and Vector can fit into that, their, you know, their long-term goals and, and things like that. So yeah, to say that that's fulfilling work would be, would be an understatement. It's, it's something that really makes me feel like I'm making a good impact here, uh, in our company and our business. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, on top of that, at the end of the day, we, uh, we sell knives and that's not exactly, you know, some people would, would agree. That's probably not the sexiest thing in the world. But one part of my job is to make this place the place to be and to, to use the resources that we have as a region that Cutco gives us to make this the sexiest thing for our young people and our veteran people. And so we do all kinds of incentives that I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to put together. I always say that this job, one of the reasons why it's so cool, this opportunity rather, is because of the endless experiences we get to, that we get to have in incredible places with the best people. And I think that's just, again, a bit, I take a lot of responsibility for making sure all those experiences are awesome for our people. <laughs> 
there's a lot of people that when we, for, I'll give you an example, as you know, obviously we, we do a, a, an annual region trip and we go to places, you know, tip, we go to places like Cancun or Puerto Vallarta or Cabo, uh, great places, people that, you know, a lot of people save a lot of their money for a lot of years to be able to take this kid, you know, this vacation for it. And we get to these events and there's people, or we get to these, these incentive trips and there's people that are getting much older than our group, by the way, getting loaded into these cattle buses to go to their, whatever resort. And, and our young 21, 22, 23 year olds are getting loaded into limos with their private drivers. And they're going to these resorts that are not even, not even all inclusive, but we make them all inclusive. And we're just having experiences that they're happy to say that it's the knife thing. I, you know, we're, we're, we'll, we might be in a pool somewhere and there's 40 of us hanging out. And, you know, this, the, there's a group of people come over and everyone wants to know what we do. What do you guys do? You know, we sell, well, we work for Cutco and they're like, wait, is that the knife thing? We're like, yeah, it's the knife thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the knife thing. And so, you know, that, that's something that, uh, you know, again, I'm very fortunate to be able to have a hand in and we do our best to make this opportunity worth our people's time to make it something that they're really proud to be a part of. And so that would probably be the four right there, running amazing events, studying trends, keeping our uh, incentives and things like that ticking the right way, identifying candidates and, and finding our next, you know, our next up and coming leaders and making this just a badass opportunity people are stoked to be a part of, you know? Yeah. You get to curate these amazing experiences for people that uh, is just such a cool part of the job. There's really a, a dream manager element to being a sales promotion manager. You know, if, if anybody reads Matthew Kelly's The Dream Manager, or even if you just study some of the great work that Dane Espigard has been putting out over the last few years in the company, there's a lot of that where you get to know people and you get to know what are some of the things they want. You help kind of tie some of their goals into achieving other dreams in their life. You get to help provide some of those dreams uh, to make them a reality through curating experiences as you do. And all along... What you're trying to do is you're trying to help the region grow. You're trying to help each manager do better than they have before. And there's a lot of technique to that, a lot of promotion to that, a lot of art to it as well, all of which you craft together in a way that uh, is, you know, suits your own unique leadership style, Gilbert, and your own unique personality. And uh, you do it better than anyone else. So it's awesome to see. It's awesome to be, be a part of for sure. I want to hear, Gilbert your two favorite stories of interacting with people in the vector business and some of these experiences or something along those lines. Give us, give us a couple stories, man. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> it's impossible. So the list is so long. I mean, I could, I think about curating a concert in Budapest for Mumford and Sons for like 40 people from the Western region. And there was only like 400 people at the whole concert in a basement in Budapest uh, where PJ at the time was like, there's no way you're going to pull this one together and uh, making that happen. And just seeing the experience that people had there, the incredible sporting events. I think about doing our bounce back to Vegas with our CSPs and, you know, having the signature suite at the palms with the pool in it and people just, they just looking around like, what company do I work for? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, swimming with stingrays and uh grand Cayman, uh, I mean, the list, is, you know, with people, the, the list just goes on and on. I couldn't narrow it down to a couple, but I will, I will say that the coolest part about the experience though, or, or these experiences and the time is the looks on people's faces. It's when they realize, as I've mentioned a couple of times that they are more than just their sales numbers. 
and uh, they realize that they're getting to do things that they never would have done without, probably would have done without Cutco. Uh, and we get to be a part of that. And their company, you know, looks out for them in that way, that their company cares for them in that way. That when I share that with people that are outside of the business, friends, family that, you know, my own and stuff, they're just like, they've never even heard, you know, in most companies, a company doing things like that. So that when it comes to that, that that's what I would say it is the list of different, I, I've probably forgotten more than I even remember in some cases, you know, but what I never forget though, is like, like I said, the, you know, the reactions that people have to the experience, that's always number one for me. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the time and energy you put into figuring out how to make an event or an experience truly great. Like what are the little details that can make it truly great and take it to that level where it becomes truly memorable right. for others. So it's not just something that they did, but it's something that sticks out that they remember. And uh, you do a great job of taking things to that next level. Yeah. And I will say to anybody who works in this, in that type of industry and some other, you know, in some other business, that's really what it is. It's the details, the details, the time that, that set it apart from just going to a concert. And, you know, the, it's all the little details that are involved in it that really make things special, you know, because people know that there was time, energy, thought put into this to make it a great experience for them. And, and so, yeah, we take a lot, we, we at Cutco in general, at all the different levels, we take a lot of pride in that. So, yeah. Awesome. What are you excited about in the Western region right now, Gilbert? Well, I'm excited for all of our, you know, all of our new up and coming leaders. I've had a chance to be a district manager. Obviously I've had a chance to work with many different leaders and I'm excited for the new wave. We have a, a really exciting new wave of leadership, not only in our CSP category, their leadership is second to none and their willingness to give and, and obviously the level they perform at. It's exciting to watch, but these new up and coming district managers that are just hungry for success and hungry for for success in and out of the business. Uh, I look at the habits that they're producing and that they have rather the work ethic and and just uh, the vision they have for the future. And that just excites me to, you know, to work for them every single day. And, you know, just like, like I said, to make this, this the place to be that, you know, where they want to build their future. And so, yeah, I'm excited for the future of the Western region and, and the trajectory that we're on with the, with the leadership that we have uh, moving forward here. And what's exciting for you personally, Gilbert? Yeah, I mean, you know, life's good. Life's good. Obviously, as a you know, the SPM uh, opportunity obviously provides me a great lifestyle, and so I'm happy to be here, and I'm honored to be in my role. And uh, you know, I love serving in this role, so it's awesome. Yeah, awesome. And you know, as you look into the future, but the podcast theme here is changing lives, right? As you look into the future, how do you aspire to change people's lives through what you do? For me, it's always catching people in their formidable years where. In a world where there's a lot of negative influence and you know there isn't that a ton of positive reinforcement happening, I would love that we'll always be that safe space. You know, I love that we'll always be the place where people feel welcomed, loved, appreciated, taken care of. And they, as I said, are more important than just their sales results. I get a lot of these things said to me quite a bit. I was just getting, I just got back from Hawaii yesterday and working with our Pacific Islands people. And I ran into an old manager just by chance. And I thought it was just going to be a quick, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Shout out, shout out Sam Hashimoto, by the way. And uh, he, he pulled me aside and he's like, no, 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 I need to tell you something. I have always been wanting to tell you, you know, and he's like the time that you spent with me, it helped me in so many other ways. And obviously that guy's doing big things now. And uh, I think about Kuval Patel, 
when he was going to be a brand new manager, when he was just deciding to be a DM, being unsure if he wanted to be a DM because he wanted to do so many other things. He wanted to be you know, involved in real estate investing, wanted to be in, involved in acting. And he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to do that. And I remember grabbing, almost like grabbing him and being like, that's why you need to be a DM. And you know what? I'm going to be pissed at you if you don't do all those things because all those things are going to make you a better leader for your people. And just that attitude that, People can do it all and being there to support them and not just their knife sales, right? But in being in all their dreams and goals, that that's what I feel the sales promotion department, not just me, but all of us that are working here in the region office, uh, that's what we're able to support and, and, and offer to our people. And, and to me, that's very, very gratifying, especially when it's been a couple of years now and I see Kubal fully invested in real estate, do acting, running a million dollar office and just creating the life of his dreams. And then when he comes back and reminds me of that story and, you know, we laugh about it, that to me is what I inspire to do for all of our people. So. That's so great. I love how you said that Vector is countercultural to society in that it's a place where it's, there's just pure positive influence. You know, there's so much more positive influence than anywhere else and very little negative influence. And it, it just creates a place where people can see it bigger where they can build their confidence and then they can have the, the the help to achieve their goals and to you know make all those things a reality that's the essence of what the SPM does as i said at the outset of this you've taken it to uh, the highest level that i could imagine for the role and it's awesome to to see what you are doing i'm grateful to have you as uh, the right hand person here in the western region I'm grateful that you made the move from San Diego to San Jose when I took over so that we could continue to work together. And that has been uh, certainly a, a highlight of my career is being able to see you continue to elevate the sales promotion manager role and have such a powerful impact on so many people. So thanks, Gilbert, for all you've done for our Western Region team. Well, I appreciate that, Dan. I, As you know, I'm honored to work with you every day. I'm honored to work serve the Western Region and I bleed for this region. So I'm happy to be here. And I look forward to obviously creating something even more special in the years to come. So thanks for having me. Sounds great, man. Let's do that. Thanks for being part of the podcast. My pleasure. Bells Gilbert Gonzalez. I love how Gilbert has experienced the full circle of promotion in the vector business from being on the receiving end, right? Working with Ryan Casey, having Ryan Casey help him see it bigger and develop him, and then saying, hey, Gilbert, imagine what it would be like of all of these things you've experienced and had in the vector business if you taught those to others. And Gilbert thinking, whoa, yes, that would be great to be a manager, right? And then PJ Potter helping Gilbert see how much the leaders in vector have mattered to Gilbert and then helping Gilbert see how much he could matter to others through his leadership and his influence as a district manager, and then ultimately coming into the region office as well. And of course, now that's what Gilbert does. Gilbert helps people see the future. He helps young people who are coming up in the organization see what role they could play, what impact they could have in that role, what future they could have in that role. He, of course, takes current reps and managers and helps them to see it bigger and gives them the tools to be able to achieve bigger through his ability to perform business analysis and spreading best practices, all those things. 
And then, of course, he curates amazing experiences for people so that they love being here, so that they realize that this is the place to be. I think there are many, many talented people in Vector that could work in other places. And maybe they might be able to find an opportunity to work in a company that's a bigger name. But very few people will ever find an opportunity to work with a company that has a bigger heart for its people. And our sales promotion managers are on the front line of being able to show that to others. Shout out to Gilbert's SPM colleagues across the nation, Kyle Smith, Brian Winans, Joel Ryu, Travis Griffin, Dan Miller. All of these guys have been long-term sales promotion managers playing huge roles in the other regions of the company across the United States. Also, shout out to Denise Parent, SPM in Canada, and to Jordan Bapti, who I know is filling in while Denise is out on maternity leave at the time of this recording. All of these great SPMs do a lot of the things that Gilbert described today. And Gilbert also mentioned that it's a sales promotion staff that makes all these things happen. And in the Western region, that staff includes Lynn Janelsa, Lori Blass, and Darian Romero. Our great work would not be possible without the outstanding contributions that they make as well. Cheers to all the staffs in the other regions as well. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Gilbert Gonzalez, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 